Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ramblin' Radio, episode number 82. Hope you guys are doing well. Hoping you're having a kick-ass Monday. I got the glasses. We got the got the office backdrop. Hopefully, you're not getting too sick of this. And uh, if you're not watching this on YouTube, what the fuck are you doing? Get on YouTube. I want to see you. I want to hang out with you. I want to see you in the comments. Where you at? Come hang out on the YouTube channel. I'm, I'm feeling lonely. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not going to take up too much of your time. we got a great podcast today. I'm very excited to dive into it. Before we do, though, I have got a free workshop that's available for you to sign up for. And we are going to be working together on building a machine that is your business. I talked a little bit, or I talked a lot of it in the last episode, how we need to get out of this freelancer mentality and not just think of ourselves as a creative business, a, a thing that is separate from who we are. It's separate from our personal brand. It's still connected to our personal brand, but it's separate right? It's its own living, breathing thing. And then to take it a step further, we need to think of it as a well-oiled machine so that we are producing results. We are producing revenue without our effort being connected to that all the time. How can we continue to produce more and not have our effort be involved 24-7. We need to create this machine. We need to attract clients on autopilot. We need to be able to sell easily and with confidence. And finally, to build this thing, this machine, and then scale it and get it, get it out there to more people. I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast, but people are so quick to just scale, to start using Facebook ads, to get it out there to as many people as possible when they haven't built that foundation just yet. They haven't even built a product that truly gives people results that they're excited about, right? So if that sounds remotely interesting to you, if you're, even if you're in a rut right now, you need a refresher, or if you need to literally uh, get your head out of your ass and start making some progress here, this workshop is for you. So check it out. You can go to www.zachkravitzcoach.com slash attract, sell, scale 2021, or just click the, it's probably just easier. Just click, click the link in the show notes or the description and get inside this thing. And we're offering a bunch of really amazing prizes. We're giving away an iPad, um, my must read books. If you are even thinking about starting or growing a creative business, and then also the, for the first time ever, we're doing a Creator's Blueprint scholarship. If anybody doesn't know what the Creator's Blueprint is, I'm, I'm sure you do it by this point, but it's a 12-week program now, and it's sold for $2,000, and we're going to give a, a full-ride scholarship to a creative that gets inside and wins in this workshop. So if that sounds remotely interesting, get inside that workshop. Now, the podcast today is really special because I have not told my story since 2018, I think. The very first episode of this podcast is me in my parents' basement drinking some type of vodka ton, like like a margarita or some type of vodka drink. I forgot what it was. Vodka tonic? Something, something like that. But anyways, super just was not used to talking just alone. I, I don't know why, because I don't know. Recording a podcast versus recording a YouTube video is like, 
for some reason, it's like two different muscles. I don't know, but I was just like uncomfortable. I needed like a drink to loosen me up. But my point is, it's been a long time since I told my story. And I was a guest on an amazing podcast called The Iron Skillet. If you guys are not aware of this podcast, I'll put it in the show notes as well. You got to check them out. They've got some great people on there. They even uh, interviewed some creators, Blueprint members, some amazing creatives that have had some huge success stories inside of the Creators Blueprint, and they've interviewed those people as well. It's just a great podcast. They do an unbelievable job, and they ask very, very good questions. And I wanted to push their podcast and get their podcast out there as best as I can and also use it as a chance to tell my story. And there's just a ton of value in there as well. I just kind of, I'm, I'm always trying to be an open book as much as I possibly can. And, and I felt like this was a great episode to, to kind of display that and give you some more insight of what's going on um, in my life as well. But, but really just focus on, you know, where, where do I come from and, and how did I get to this point today? And if you don't really know who I am just yet, it's a great podcast to listen to. And if you've been around for a while, um, it's also a, a, a great podcast to get more insight as to how to continue progressing and and continue on the journey and, and design a lifestyle that you absolutely love. So that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to take up too much time. It's already been like six minutes. Enjoy the podcast. Subscribe to the Iron Skillet. Get inside this workshop and I will see you guys in the next one. Peace. We're back with another episode of the Iron Skillet Podcast. I'm Shatora. I'm here with Travis today running the boards. Got my man Brandon over there in the whoa, corner. Whoa. And our guest today is Zach Kravitz. Thank you so much, Zach, for, for hopping on with us. Let's go. Thanks for having me, guys. This yeah. Is, this is going to be awesome. Zach's Let's an, do it. Zach's an amazing filmmaker. Um, he's done a lot of stuff on the entrepreneur side as well, and we're definitely going to dive into his story, and um, it's going to be super awesome. So, uh, Zach, I want to kind of start off. I know that when I did some research on you, I, I saw that you were into sports like in the high school like kind of at the end of high school. And uh, as you went into college, that kind of part of your life, you didn't necessarily continue to play like on a team and you're like got really into fitness at that point. Um, yeah. And it seemed like that's where you got started with the camera. Is that correct? Yeah, it was actually, well, no, it was, it was towards the end of college, middle end of college is when I started get, getting into the camera. Do you want me to give the the whole kind of story, or I mean, as much as you want, evolved. <laughs> you can go whatever. You can go like as far as just from like a filmmaking standpoint, because I remember you saying okay. in the beginning you weren't really making the videos because you like to make videos. So maybe diving. I could go into real that. deep. I got all kinds of stories. <laughs> hey, Let's do it as much as you want to share. It's up to you. Man. <laughs> oh man. Um, oh well, it's just funny because I, I was just talking about. I was on a podcast before this and. The, they asked me, you know, you know, why didn't, why was college just not a good experience for you? And I, I told a story that I don't think I had told on, on a podcast. So I'll kind of talk about it right now, I guess. But um, I, I got in. So first of all, I was a big sports guy. Um, I was playing volleyball and golf in high school. And then as I got into college, or I, as, right before I got into college, my goal was to play college volleyball. Uh, but the school's men's volleyball back then and like, I don't know what it's like now, but it was, um, 
I graduated high school 2011, I believe, you know, men's volleyball was just not super big unless you played for like top 10, like D one school or whatever. I just wasn't good enough. Wasn't tall enough. Um, I, I would have basically been like a, a practice player for a division one school or uh, uh, one of the top guys for a division three school. And the division three schools were just really small schools. You've probably never even heard of, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, so I went to school at Marquette, which was the only non-volleyball school I applied to. So I'm like, I'm not playing volleyball. Okay. We're, go we're going to Marquette university. That's it. <laughs> Great school. Um, nothing bad about Marquette. Um, it's a fantastic school. But this was a time of, of my life where I, I had no idea who I was, what I wanted to do. Um, I was just completely lost, lost my sports. So I'm like, okay, now who am I? Who am I now? Because um, that was part of my identity, right? And uh, and so I started picking up the weights throughout college. But the story that I was going to tell and why my experience, how it got off to uh, such a rocky start in school was... I, I got into the business school of Marquette and, um, and I had just broken up with my girlfriend. Well, she broke up with me my senior year of high school. And, uh, and so orientation for Marquette, I, I meet these two girls and they're super cute. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? What are you studying? And they're like biomedical science, which is a pre-med track. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that sounds so fascinating that sounds something that you know i might be interested in <laughs> and that was just one of the biggest mistakes i made so i switched to biomedical science um, because of these two cute girls i was sad lonely depressed, my girlfriend like let's switch majors that was the type of guy that i was back then like oh yeah we're just gonna switch you know you know no real logic or thought the only thought i put into it was um I liked health and fitness. You know, I was lifting weights and biomedical science is pre-med. Like, oh yeah, I could see myself being a doctor. <laughs> so, so, I, uh, so I switched to bi bio biomedical science. First semester, I had chemistry and bio back to back in the same semester. Um, long story short, got on academic probation, had a 1.6 GPA. <laughs> and, and when you get below a 2.0, they... Uh, send you to the dean's office and they basically told me like hey you know this is not good and and if you get below a 2.0 again we're gonna kick you out of school <laughs> so damn like, oh my life is falling <laughs> apart um and so again me being super logical i i asked myself well okay I, this is not good my parents are gonna freaking kill me uh what's the easiest major i can think of just from hearing what people said, it sounded like it was going to be advertising. So I switched into advertising, um, and, and I had a, and I minored in graphic design, and and just got I got through school. So that that was my story. Um, <laughs> and and through, throughout college, I got really into lifting weights and fitness, um, and got into the YouTube scene. I saw I followed. I don't know if you guys. Or, or, or know anything about kind of the YouTube fitness space back then. But I was following guys like Matt Ogus, Chris Jones, Christian Guzman. Maybe you guys have, have heard of, of him or, or not. Um, and I, I just got really, I, I just, I saw the, their spotlight. I saw the money they made. I saw their physiques. I saw their cars, you know, the, their, the, their girlfriends. And I'm like, you know, as a young kid, 
20, 21 years old. I'm like, I want that. That sounds really good. Let's just, <laughs> let's do that. And, 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 the, and then I started making YouTube videos because of it. So that was my inspiration for getting into YouTube and creating was for the, all the wrong reasons, right. right? Just for the spotlight. And my videos were God awful, just like anybody starting out. I'm sure you guys yep. can resonate with that. Um, they were just trash. And I got made fun of a lot for it for making these videos. Um, you know, this was back in 2014 now, I think. And so the vlogging scene wasn't that big and especially in Milwaukee and like the Northwest suburbs of Chicago, where I grew up, uh, it really wasn't that big at all. So people are like, what are, what are you doing? Like, who do you think you are? Like filming yourself, like you're an <laughs> idiot. You know, I was, it was just getting those kinds of, of comments and feedback. And, uh, and that, and that kind of fueled me even more because I, you know, I did look at my videos. They were bad. I was making videos for the wrong reason. Long story short, I had, I just had this obsession of making each and every video better than the last. And so slowly, but surely I started kind of transferring out of this fitness scene. And cause I wasn't really passionate about the content of fitness. I was just passionate about making really good videos. I didn't really know what I was going to be talking about or doing, uh, but I just wanted to make better videos. And that's when my vlog series kind of started. And I don't know if you guys have seen those, the, the rambling road mm -hmm. vlog series. That's kind of when I really started to actually build an audience. People started taking note of like, Hey, like this is new. I haven't really seen stuff like this before. Cause I was the inspiration behind it was I was trying to, take higher quality content and bring it to YouTube. Like for example, like TV, for example, Mo movies was the, that was the top tier. Like everyone wanted to be in film, but now television has gotten so good. And in some ways it's almost better than film these days. Yeah. Right. And so I kind of, I wanted to like bring some of this, this stuff to, to YouTube and make these like Netflix series type, episodes or whatever. And I feel like not a lot of people were doing that so much, at least in my little corner of the YouTube space. Um, and that's when I started to actually grow an audience because people were noticing kind of that uniqueness about it, I guess. So what was interesting was instead of me becoming a fitness influencer, I started getting hired by fitness influencers to make their videos. So that was kind of the irony of it all. And, and that was really the start. You know, I started getting hired by, by these fitness influencers doing really cool videos. Um, I shot my first wedding, had that experience. I shot my first wedding with like a, a broken oh, thumb. I saw that. And, and I, was like, <laughs> I was yeah, like, how did like, you do that? Most people probably would have said, no, no I can't do it. <laughs> Well, I did. I, I think that was my first reaction. And then, and then my buddy came back because the way I got the gig was my, a friend of mine was a wedding photographer, uh, a talented one. And I was just making these vlogs at the time, these silly little videos. And so he's like, dude, you, you should film this wedding. And I'm like, oh no, like I'm a fraud. I'm an imposter. <laughs> I just make these stupid YouTube videos. I'm not a filmmaker. <laughs> and, um, and so I said, no. And I had this broken thumb too. That, that definitely had something to do with it and didn't have the equipment. So I told him like, no, 
I just, I really shouldn't be doing that. And he came back. He's like, no, this couple's desperate. Like you, you really should do that. And then I think my mom, cause I was living with my parents at the time and my mom overheard it. And she's like, you are fucking making that. <laughs> like, Whoa, shit, mom. <laughs> okay. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So, so I did it and I, and I, and I crushed it out of the park. I mean, even I was like, where did that come from <laughs> at the time? Obviously I look back at it now and I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cringe, but still it was, it was, it was pretty good for what I had. Didn't have a gimbal, broken thumb, monopod, bought a 24 to 70 from Best Buy, returned it the next day. <laughs> probably not so good. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. And then, yeah. And then I just started getting hired more and, um, and started doing some really cool stuff for different people. I started to uh, get out of the, just the fitness space, started doing some, some work for some, you know, high level lifestyle entrepreneurs, some, some cool celebrities that I was like, you know, how, like, I can't, like, I'd have moments, maybe you guys can relate to this. Like, like when I did that one little project with push a T I was in his like dressing room or whatever. And I just had this like thought of like, you know, how the fuck, like, why the fuck am I here right now? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is a guy that I used to listen to is like in high school and I'm like standing right next to him with this camera, like <laughs> in his face and shit. And like, it was just such a surreal moment. And I would have these little moments here and there um, that were just, it was just fucking wild, you know? So, so then after that, I, or during that, I guess I, I was starting to get burnt out because I was gone traveling like one at least once a month and i was just in this this hamster wheel the cycle of like traveling and shooting editing traveling shooting editing and i, I was getting burnt out. i was working like 14 hour days and so that's when kind of the light bulb hit like i gotta do something i gotta make revenue in a different way and and i started this i started selling digital products and, and courses and things like that for selfish reasons and um and because I wanted more time back in my life, I was, you know, the client work was cool. Like working for these people were really cool. But at the end of the day, like I just, I had this message, this voice, this calling, like I wanted to grow my personal brand and help people. And like, you know, basically what I'm doing now, I just have this burning desire to do it. And so that's when I began that journey. And in 2019, I challenged myself to not take on a single client, just go all in, go for it. And, uh, and I've been doing it ever since. So that's kind of my story in a, in a, in a nutshell. nutshell yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's super inspiring, Zach. And it's definitely awesome that you've kept all your content on your YouTube. I think that's amazing. A lot of people like strip down all their old stuff and only leave up their, their new nice yeah. videos. So mm -hmm. it's cool to be able to see. I your... wanted to, I wanted <laughs> to, it. I had that feeling. I'm like, mm, I like watched an old video. I'm just like, Oh God. Yeah. I'm like, I can't delete that. Don't people do are going to look at that and see the journey. That's what it's all about. It's, it's the journey, right? It's really yeah. seeing that journey. And just from as a viewer, as a consumer of content on YouTube and following other people's journeys, I love seeing that shit. So I, I knew I'm like, okay, just leave it up. One thing I wanted to ask Gosh. you about your, cause I've, I've kind of followed you and I noticed like, you're very good about once you hit a point of not being happy, like making that decision to like cha change something. And I think that that's a quality that is somewhat rare like mm -hmm. it's like i feel like a lot of people feel that feeling they're like man i'm not happy i'm not doing what i should be doing but i have to 
pay my bills or I have to do this. And they just get stuck in this like rut of a place yeah. they don't want to be. So I kind of wanted to talk about, cause it seemed like at one point you got out of fitness and got into filmmaking. Then you got out of freelance and got into making your own courses and stuff. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about like the fear that you felt leaning into that new thing. And then what was it that made you decide like, screw it, I'm going all in. Yeah. I don't have a really a clear guaranteed anything, but I'm, I'm still going to try as hard as I can to make this happen. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think so many people are just comfortable, like for uh, just to give me an example, you know, one of the biggest motivators, I think this is from Tony Robbins, honestly. Um, one of the biggest motivators is, is pain. That, that really is the biggest motivation is pain, like true suffering. Right. And people are in pain, but it's not their deepest, it's not rock bottom, right? When someone, when somebody hits rock bottom, what happens? They've got a choice to make and that's either, I'm, I'm talking literally rock bottom. So their choice is to either die or persevere and, and up level because there's no other direction. There's just death. And then the other direction is up, right? Persevere. Um, I think a lot of people are comfortable and they might feel pain and discomfort and whatnot, but it's not enough to make that switch and get out of it. They still have that level of comfort. It's not true pain. It's not true suffering for them. And, and us as humans, we want to stay in this little pocket of comfortness, this little warm blanket of just keep, keep everything the same. Don't, don't change anything. Stop, you know? Um, and so it wasn't until I started working for this guy, Lewis Howes. I don't know if you know him, but he's got a big podcast called School of Greatness. Um, I, did, I did a project with him in New York, 10 days, um, following him around all, the, all over the place. Um, he was putting together this documentary that he was trying to pitch and get on Netflix. And I was filming a lot of the B-roll for that and, and stuff. And then at the end of it, because he was super successful and I'm just like... I asked him a really stupid question, but actually got a good answer, uh, which is usually not the case. Usually if you ask <laughs> a stupid question, you get a stupid answer, right? Yeah. Um, so I asked him like, how, how can I get to the next level? Like just super generic <laughs> question. <laughs> and at, at the time I'm living with my folks, right? Just to paint you a picture. I'm living with my folks. Um, and I'm, I'm pulling in, I think I was pulling in like 80 grand or 75 grand or something like that. And that was like with no bills. Right. So I'm just pulling in mad profit, yeah. um, you know, and, and making good money. So I'm like feeling good. Like I, I got my shit going, like, you know, the, the world's great, but I, I still was scared to make a move and do something. And I was, I was just comfortable. Right. So I asked him like, you know, what do I need to do to like, take it to that next level? And he's like, you got to move out of your parents' house immediately. You got to get the <laughs> fuck out of there. <laughs> Keeping it real. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's literally all I needed to hear. He's like, you need to get so uncomfortable that it it's disturbing. <laughs> and I might've taken it too far because, oh, well, well, not to get ahead of myself. So what happened was I, I moved out. So like a, a few weeks later, I found this dope apartment. I actually got an apartment that scared me that I had to grow into. And I'm like, how am I going to afford this? Like it was one of those types of feelings. Right. And, um, 
And it really, it like, it got me out of my comfort zone because when you're in that, like when you start paying for expenses and things, like when you're really starting your own journey, like it's almost that like do or die kind of mentality. And you start thinking differently. You start making decisions. Like I, I saw myself collaborating more. I'm, I'm super introverted. I would have never collaborated or I wouldn't, or I didn't collaborate as much as I wanted to when I was living with my folks. But as soon as I broke out of that and got my own apartment, I'm like, let's connect. Who can I connect with? Let's talk. Let's chat. Let's get on the phone. Let's FaceTime. You know, I was making things, making moves um, and doing a lot more of that because it was this new unknown that is really scary for a lot of people. Um, I forgot. What was the question? That was just, it was (laughs) just like, no, you're good. It was just like, what, what's what do you think is intrinsically in you that made you just make that change where most people decide that they don't want to. And I think you're right. You're, you have that, that threshold of pain that pushes you to a point where you're like, I can't stay in this place anymore. Like I'm over it. I got to figure it out. Yeah. And, and, you know, growing, growing is one of the hardest things there is, you know, a lot of people, I've been talking about this kind of a lot recently. A lot of people, cause I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm going through another stage of growth. Like it, like it, like you hit these different blocks and it, you get to that point where you toss in the towel or again, you kind of persevere, you get through it and you break out of it. And you, and on the other side, you're this new person. You're this new, uh, you're like version 2.0, you know what I mean? Um, and growing, it, it's, it's just, it's not easy. You know, more things, more negative things can happen and, and you have to, um, know how to handle it and, and build up your mindset around it. People think that once you hit this certain level of success, all your problems magically go away. And, um, and it's, it's not the case. Your problems never go away. Yeah. Problems are always problems. They you change. Get new your problems change. They transform. But like, for example, if you are concerned about putting food on the table and a roof over your head, and you're really just getting started in your journey, you're worried about paying those bills and you're worried about money. Well, if you're worried about money now in that period of time, when you grow and you up level and you get to another level of success and you got to, you got to pay for employees and maybe you're contracting certain things. You got a team, you're outsourcing, whatever. Now you're worried about making payroll. Now you're worried about, um, buying inventory. My uh, buddy of mine, Nick Bear, um, he runs a multiple seven-figure supplement company. It's a huge company. And yet he came to me and he was freaking out. He said, I couldn't sleep at night because I bought hundreds of thousands of dollars in inventory. And I was freaking out that like, are people going to buy this? Like it was a huge investment and he's making seven figures more (laughs) multiple. He's like, he's blowing up. And yet he couldn't sleep at night because he, because of money. Yeah. So my point is your problems never go away. You're always going to feel these thoughts and emotions. They feel the same. Like if you're concerned, that concerned feeling still feels like concern, but the problem changes. So, yeah, Uh, that's, that's definitely super insightful. Um, I think one thing I wanted to ask you too, is I know that at a certain point when you pivoted into uh, like making the creator's blueprint, you had a couple other things. I know you were kind of working on making a bag at one point and you had your freelance stuff, but you just, you're like, no, I'm going all in on this one thing. And this is something yeah. I think that's also going to be good advice for us here. Cause mm-hmm. 
we like to bite off five different things and and then it's mm-hmm. like you're feeding energy into five things yeah. and they all kind of yeah. don't do much and like i've yeah yeah, I've definitely seen you talk about like picking one thing and going all in on that. And I want to kind of get oh, yeah. your, your insight on that because I think that could help us for sure. Oh, man, it sucks. Let me tell you, when you're feeling like you're being pulled in all these directions, you just want to just jump off a building. And just end <laughs> um, yeah, so just to give a little backstory, I was basically trying to start two businesses at once and I hadn't even really built a successful business first business. So I had no means to be trying to start and grow too. you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, and so the bags, unfortunately, I had to put that on pause. Um, it's not going away. It's still there. And it's going to be a chapter in my life. But right now I have to focus on this online coaching business that I've put so much effort into, because I know that's going to get me where I want to go. And then I'm going to have the freedom to do other things. Right. So I, I created an analogy for it and I called it the dream Island. And, um, I'm so visual and like, like, you know, Joe Rogan calls himself, like, I'm just a dumb, you know, fighter. Or whatever. Yeah, like, that's, yeah, yeah. like I'm just, a, I'm just a dummy. Right. <laughs> so I need, I need to, I need to paint a picture. Um, and so with this dream Island, I basically draw two islands. The Island that you're on now is your current life. It's sad. Maybe, you know, you don't like where you're at, whatever the dream Island is the business that you want, the relationships that you want, the material items, the car, the the girl, the guy, you know, whatever it is that you want, that's your dream life. It's so far away. You can't see it except that you know it's there and you can kind of make it out a little bit. And so the analogy goes, you're on this island and this plane flies over, drops off all these supplies for this boat that's going to get you to the dream island, right? And while you're, you get these supplies and you start building, then another plane drives by and, and, or flies by and, and drops off a prettier looking boat. And so you stop the original boat, you start working on the prettier, fancier one. And then another plane flies by and drops off another package, another, another prettier, fancier, maybe it's like made of titanium or I don't know what the metals are for, <laughs> but then you stop the second one, you start building the third one. By the time you finish the third one, you could have already floated to the dream Island on that original boat and be living the life that you want to live. And so that is what I call context switching, where we see something fancy. It's like shiny object syndrome. It's like, Ooh, that's the new thing. I got to do that. And then you start losing progress on that original thing that you should probably be working on. Might not be as fancy, might not be as sexy, but you would have gotten to where you want to go faster than you switching and doing all these millions of things if that makes sense totally dude that's awesome yeah no i think that that i can definitely relate to that and i feel like uh it's gonna help a lot of people if they can think about things that way just kind of stick to the thing that they know that they're they can see a direct path it's like i know i can see a direct path with this thing if i just keep going ignore everything Mm -hmm. else and just stick to this and I'm sure that you'll see a lot more progress a lot more quickly. I feel like I've leveled yeah. up twice already <laughs> in this podcast so far. I mean, it's easier said than done. Let me yeah, tell you. Course. I mean, I, I still struggle with it. Like, you know, I had to ask, like, I just put my own podcast on YouTube. I'm like, 
is this another thing that is going to waste more time? Can I outsource this or, you know, whatever. So yeah, it's, I mean, easier said than done. Believe me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I was going to go back to, and I don't, if you've already answered it, we can skip over it, but I had, I knew that you had worked with Lewis and that you at least had a, like some form of a relationship with him. And I think when you're operating at a certain level in life, like the way that you think about things is different. I feel like the way that people look at problems and look at just the world is different than most people. Um, and I just wanted to know if there is anything specific that you took away from him, from the way that he operates and runs his business or just how he lives his life that kind of stuck out to you. That was like, wow, that's kind of, that's why he's operating there. Cause he looks at things yeah. differently. It, it's kind of like what we talked about before. It's that it's, it's being uncomfortable. That's, that's probably the big, and I know it sounds lame, but that's the biggest thing that I got from him because he's not all calm and collect. Like we were going on good morning America. The guy was freaking out, but he <laughs> did it because he knew he had to, and, um, to get to that next level get his message across, sell his book, you know, do whatever. And I'm like, man, this guy's like, he's going on good morning America. <laughs> like we passed Mark Cuban. I'm just like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on? And, um, and he's doing the damn thing. And, you know, from, from me, getting to talk to him, it was literally just us two for 10 days. Mm -hmm. And so there was this kind of this bro, what's up, bro type of relationship. And I really got to just see that, you know, he really is, he's just a guy that, that really just decided to make a change in his life and get uncomfortable and do whatever it takes to accomplish the mission and whatever that mission is. So yeah, and that's kind of a lame response, but that's, that's the honest truth of what I got from him. Um, and then just, I guess the next thing would just be seeing the way he connects with people. Um, he makes people feel w at home. Like it's, like it's cool. It's comfortable. You know, like I said, we were meeting all these cool people. We met Dasha Polanco who's on uh, orange is the new black. Just like they met for the first time and it was like, they've been friends for like, five years or whatever. And then when I meet her, I'm like, uh, 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 you know what I mean? Like, Hey, um, so seeing that and it's just, it's cool. It's really cool to know that, you know, if you continue on this path and you gain these experiences, like I, I was like looking at kind of my future with the way of connecting with all these cool people, mm -hmm. you know, people are just people, right? Yeah. right? So at the end of the day, it's hard to remember that sometimes. One thing I wanted to yeah. bring back and reiterate for the listeners is how you started off um, making your own fitness vlogs, and in turn, that got you jobs shooting vlogs for people wanting fitness videos. So I just wanted to reiterate for the listeners that, you know, you might be doing one thing, but that'll land you, you know, getting to that next level and leveling up. Yeah. I think that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. You're, you're evolving. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, 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 th I think people are so afraid to make the wrong decision. Right. Right. Yeah. Like why, why don't people make a decision at all? Why do they stay at the level that they're at? A lot, the, a majority of that is because they're afraid to make a wrong decision to fail to, um, hear a no, you know, yeah. To, to get rejected. Yeah, exactly. To get rejected, whatever. Um, I just allowed myself to follow whatever I was feeling, my passion. I, I not not going into biomedical science for two girls. <laughs> that's, that's not what I'm talking about. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, 
but other than that, yeah, it's just following my passion and, and just being okay with wherever this takes me. I think, I think it was easier for me at that time. Cause I was so naive, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know like, Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. That, that you know, do that. Um, but what's cool about the, how I got started getting hired by those fitness, fitness influencers and, and whatnot, I found out later on in life that some of the clients that I did get were because of those vlogs and not because of my filmmaking skills necessarily, but because of the relationship that I had with certain people. They're like, Oh, the relationship you have with your dad is just so funny. It resonated with me. Like, I just want to work with you. You seem like a cool person. Right. Um, you know, I just, I started hearing some of those things, which was kind of cool. So I guess my point in saying that is like a lot of people don't show enough face on their personal brands and like really show who they are authentically and being vulnerable. Um, and I think you're doing yourself a real disservice by, by not showing face more and, and showing the type of person you are, because, you know, most people and, you know, getting clients and stuff, they want to work with you. You know, they like you. If somebody likes you, they're going to work with you, even though some other guy might be a little bit more talented. They're going to want to work with you because they love the relationship that they have with you. That's way more important. So right. I started finding th those little tidbits out, and I thought that was pretty cool. That is awesome. I wanted to ask you, like, what's – so I assume just now you probably have somewhat of a team around you as opposed to doing everything by yourself. Is that kind of correct? Yeah, I got, yeah, small team. Well, it's funny because I'm like in this weird stage where last year was a huge learning lesson. I don't know what question you're going to ask, but um, I've had to let people go. I brought people on. It was like, it was one of those periods where I was finding who I needed and what role to fill. So I'm in this stage of finding that role right now. So my team, I've got, I've got a podcast editor. I've got a video editor. Um, a VA is pretty much it right now. So I wanted to ask yeah. you, uh, I think that's awesome. And I wanted to ask you just what have you learned from having to be a leader in that sense? Cause it's very different than like when you're just going out on a job by yourself and you're like, you have a checklist in your head. You're like, I got to do this. Now you have to mm -hmm. create a template for someone else and, and guide them mm -hmm. to be able to do that. And that's a very different relationship and situation. Um, so I kind of yeah. wanted to hear a little bit about that and just some of those like experiences that you had learning how to, to work through those periods. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think creatives have it the worst because we're so, um, we're so into our own work, like editing, like this is my film, right. my <laughs> project, my podcast, fuck everybody, lone wolf, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Um, I what think revisions? it's, yeah, I think, I think creatives have it worse. I, you know, it's, it's across all industries in my opinion. Um, but I think creatives might have it worse because of that artist mentality, but you're never going to grow alone. You just won't, you're never going to reach what you're trying to reach alone. And if you can, you know, you've heard the cliche statement, you know, you're thinking too small. Well, it's kind of true. Um, you know, you are thinking too small. That's that's why I love I love talking about how when you make goals, you should strive for shattering all um, limiting beliefs or shattering what, your your glass ceiling. Sorry, shattering your glass ceiling. 
um, and, and, and striving for something that scares you, something deep down that you know you can do. You just don't know exactly how yet. But the reason to do that is because you're going to start making decisions differently and making those decisions that will get you to that half a million dollar year or a million dollar year, even though you're like, how the, how the hell am I going to do that? Um, because are you, are you going to ask for help? Are you really going to try to you know, hire and outsource some things and do what you guys are doing where you have a team? Are you, are you going to try to do that if you're only making, trying to make 80 grand or 100 grand or whatever? Probably not because you can do that by yourself. It's right. not that difficult to make 100 grand just by yourself. You can do it. Uh, anybody listening saying, hey, I haven't been able to, you'll be able to do it. Trust me. Um, but when you're trying to do something really big, you're like, holy shit, you're going to start filling those, those gaps like, oh, no, I, I just, I can't do this alone. So I think asking yourself those questions are, are huge. Um, you know, in, in terms of uh, like who and what to hire and like, well, like, what does that even look like? Um, you know, you take something like editing. Editing is so hard for creatives to let go of, but I like to call it manual labor because <laughs> if you know what the vision is and you're able to communicate that vision, properly if you got somebody that's decent enough if you if you're a good communicator you should that message will get across and most of the time someone will bring on an editor and be like this guy sucks he doesn't appreciate my work he like he has no idea what he's doing but this person has never looked at them themselves and asked well maybe i'm not communicating properly Maybe, uh, maybe it's my fault. Everyone is quick to point fingers like, oh, this editor sucks. Oh, this yeah. person's terrible. Um, you know, uh, this is why I like everyone to get some type of VA so that you can start learning this communication and leadership role. Um, that is, is just so key. So that like, that's the one thing you'll learn when you start bringing people on because those people won't work properly unless you work properly. You have to communicate properly and it all falls back on you. It's always going to be your fault. And as soon as you start pointing fingers and blaming, it's, it's, it's over. And, and you know, it, it just, it falls back on you. And a quick example of that, if the edit sucks, you didn't communicate properly or you didn't hire the right person. Right. It's always, it always yep. back on you. Yep. Um, so there's a book, we talked about this like ugh, last year, there's a book called extreme ownership. Um, it's like a leadership book, but they talk about that. Like yeah. how it's no matter what the bad outcome is, like it's as a leader, like it's, that's partly your fault. You know what I mean? If not completely your fault. So I can, I can definitely relate yeah. to that for sure. Um, I wanted to see, so I know you've been doing the the creator's blueprint for a couple years now, right? You've run that. It's like two or three years that you've been kind of pushing that out. Two years. Two yeah, years. two years. I wanted to know if there's an experience that a student, like that you saw a student make, like a, watching one of your students achieve something that really like stuck with you or moved you or like, wow, hmm. from me providing them this information, now I got to see someone do X. Um, if there was any mm. moment that you had like that during your, your past two years. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, we, we had one, we had one recently, which was, which was kind of cool. I'm not going to say any names, 
Um, but this person came on and he was so talented, like unbelievable. I'm like, Oh my God, this guy's gonna, this guy's gonna crush. Um, no problem. Then COVID hits, he loses all of his clients. I go into emergency mode and do whatever I can on my, my end to help these people break out of this if they lost clients and whatnot. And so he was getting to that point where he was taught, it was going to toss in the towel and just like this, just give it all up. And basically we put him on like a super flexible like payment plan and like, you know, did whatever I could to make this seem like no big deal because I still wanted him to get the education. I wanted him to get the community. I wanted him to get the accountability especially now at this hardest stage, this is where you need all of these things. Now don't, don't give up on this. Don't lose this. Don't toss in the towel and just go home. And he didn't. And he ended up not paying off the whole program and telling me that, uh, he, he booked, I forgot what it was, but he booked close to a five figure client and paid off everything. And he said, Dude, thank you for uh, not letting me toss in the towel. So those moments are are just, that's what keeps me going. And that's what keeps me doing this thing because uh, people depend on th- this service, right? It's not, it's not about me. Like, yeah, part of it, you know, I, I created the product, but it's the business. And I'm, I, you have to detach yourself from it too, um, especially if you have you know, a situation or whatever, where someone hates you or whatever, like a hate comment, right? It's not about you. It's something is going on in their personal life. Right. Um, I, I totally forgot where I was. No, nah, you're good. Life, it's but... all good. You, I was, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> you're fine. You've been but doing you got the story. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. definitely. Yeah. You got some, for, uh, yeah. just for the listeners to know, you know, what the creator's blueprint is. Um, Talk about that real quick. And I know you mentioned it uh, that, you know, you're doing this for the creators and you want to you want to help inspire and and teach them. But what Mm -hmm. you know, what what made you want to do that? Like what was like, all right, I'm doing this. Yeah. So I started it for selfish reasons. I started this whole journey. I think I talked about this for a little bit. Selfish reasons. Right. Mm -hmm. I talked about that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that if if we're being fully transparent. Like I was in a place that I wanted to get out of client work. Mm -hmm. So it all stemmed from me. The reason why I created the creator's blueprint though, is because of the exact problems that I was facing of this hamster wheel of always being in this endless loop of freelancer mode Mm -hmm. and not creating a business. And I think that this was an area that I just saw a lot of, of my own peers struggle with, right. Of not being able to escape this like video creator, editor, do it all type of person and not detaching themselves from it. Kind of like what I talked about and, and turning it into an actual business Mm -hmm. that they are able to work on instead of work in, you know what I mean? Definitely. Um, how to make it sustainable, right? Freelancing, like 
how long are you going to freelance? Are you going to freelance till you're 80? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Sounds like, like you tough. Turn this into a business. And, and so when I started to learn how to become more than just a guy with a camera and how to become more of a problem solver, I started learning more about business, started speaking that language. I was able to charge more with my clients. I became more of an asset. Um, and not only with my own business, but then help them with theirs too. So I was becoming a better problem solver, right? Mm -hmm. When you're a better problem solver, you solve a bigger problem, you get paid more. So that was kind of the inspiration behind it. That's awesome. Um, just to sum it up for the listeners, if you could, you could give a brief summary of what the creator's blueprint is and, and how it is going to help creators if they want to get into the program. Right. So I kind of talked about it already initially, but essentially what the program is, is an online course slash group coaching program where you come on, you're going to get tossed into a community of people all trying to do the same thing, like-minded community. Um, There's so much content that I don't like talking about it because it's overwhelming, Mm -hmm. but I guess to paint a picture If you want to, first, you have to go through the base modules, the ingredients that I think, in my opinion, are crucial, no matter what you're trying to do, like mindset stuff, some of the limiting beliefs that we create for ourselves, which is the most important part. That's what makes like a Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, not his skills, but what's going on up here. So that's like the very first part. Mm -hmm. So you go through all of these like essential building blocks, I like to call them. And then once you're done, then, okay, what is, what is it that you're trying to do right now? Are you trying to land a bigger plot, bigger client? Okay. We got a process for that. Oh, you're trying to create and launch a digital product. Okay. We got a process for that. Oh, it's time to build a team. Okay. We got a process for that. You plug that process in and you're making progress instead of just being in student mode. That's like the, that's the biggest problem that I have with the online course space is you have a lot of people that think by handing over the credit card, they're just going to get a result, but you got to put in the work. Mm-hmm. And so I've designed it in a way where you have to do the work. You know what I mean? Right. So you get the community, you get the accountability, you get set up with people to keep you accountable. You get the coaching aspect, the group coaching from not just myself, but guest experts. I've got people in all different kinds of industries. We got Lewis Howes in it. We got all different kinds of people. And then obviously the online course modules itself. So there's a lot, but that's kind of the, I think the that's handful. amazing. And I, only, I only launch it a couple, couple times a year uh-huh. too. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's yeah. really great what you're doing for, to help, you know, creators like yourself and like us in that aspect. And it's like, you've, you've, uh, built the foundation of like a like a private institute for creators which is crazy man just imagine 20 years from now you might have a whole university university is becoming obsolete i was gonna say i was gonna say i guess that's not the right word for it but you know i mean as a form of schooling for creators yeah Mm -hmm. i uh exactly what you mean i'm Mm -hmm. not gonna go too deep but that struck i work uh in education and i think that what you're doing is going to become way more effective for people i mean now it should show more than ever with the pandemic but i think in the next five years people are going to see that they can get a lot more value investing in that than going to college but that's just off the 
I don't so, want to get us too far off the path. She's not telling the <laughs> listeners that you don't need not to go to college, that. but... Just struck a little... You don't need to go to school, motherfucker. <laughs> just no, figure just it out. <laughs> There's options. No, but, I mean, what, what's cool for me is, like, it just... It, it constantly evolves, you know? Like, you get feedback. Just like you guys with your services and client work, whatever you guys are doing, you know, it, it, it just evolves over time and over time. And we get feedback from our creatives and like the first iteration of the creator's blueprint is so different from what it is now, um, which is really, it's cool to see. And it's just going to constantly do that over time. Yep. That's with anybody and anything that they're doing, you know, definitely. I have a, a strong pivot, but I have a question I want to ask you. I think that we could all um, relate to. So being somebody that's like driven, goal-oriented, very clear on where they want to go from a business standpoint, um, what have you learned as you up-leveled in your business how to also uh, maintain healthy relationships in your life? Because I feel like mm. as a creative, sometimes yeah. the scales get like real out it's of tough. whack. <laughs> And I just don't know yeah. if you've had any, um, anything that's been like, that's worked for you to help maintain those things in those areas of your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like, that's the golden question. <laughs> I know. You know that's, that's the buzzer, right? You can hit that. I mean, you're, you're set, you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be a lie to tell you that everything's sunshine rainbows over on my end too. Like, you know, it's just kind of part of the process. Um, but I think, one of the mindsets that you need to have is number one with this business, first of all, get out of that freelancer mentality, start thinking about it as business. How can I increase my output without increasing my input? Right. That's where that handcuff comes in. That's where the business, our own businesses become our own prison, right? Because our input depends on the output that we receive. Our effort depends on the, the revenue that we create. So when you start asking yourselves the right questions, right? Really good questions. You get really good answers of, you know, how do I increase this output without increasing my input? You're going to start to think outside the box. I think one of the easiest ways is kind of what I did where you create more revenue streams Mm -hmm. um, and start thinking about it in that way. Or if you just love client work, well, then you have to start bringing on that team mm-hmm. and, and, and start making some scary investments. They're, they are an investment. It's not a cost, right? You're not just throwing money into the air. Um, you have to buy your time back. Um, that, those are the things that you need to think about. Now, once we got that going, we're starting to think about that. How can you have this nice balance I don't know if there is such a thing as, as, a, as a balance. I, I, I think, and it, it depends on every person, like this is all up to you, mm-hmm. but that's why I'm so passionate about, you know, your a business should not be a one size fits all. Yeah. Your life should not be a one size fits all. And as long as you have your outliers, then you can do it. For example, a Gary V. I don't know how long he works, but he comes off like he works 80 hours a week or some crazy shit, right? (laughs) Very successful. That works for him. There's someone that's probably more successful than him um, that works 15 hours a week. That works for them. What do you want to do? Yeah. And and what advice are you going to follow? You know, I I, I turn on to a Gary Vee 
I get fucking anxiety. <laughs> I'm like, ah, ah, you know, put that out. There's some shit on there that's phenomenal. I'm not, I'm not crossing him out by any means. But if it's not good for you, don't watch it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because these people might seem at such a high level that, oh, I have to listen to it. That's not, that's not the case. You have to listen to the people that are living the life that you want to live. Yeah. That's who you got to listen to. Um, and there's outliers for so many situations. You know, I've met multiple seven figure earners that have, that would just work 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's oh, the yeah. person I want to listen to. I want to be that person. Um, but in terms of the balance, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all over the place here. No, you're in terms good. of the balance, <laughs> um, I like to think of it as like as as work life integration. Yeah. Right. So the way I've designed my business, you know, I can go and get an Airbnb, go to Joshua Tree, and work from there. Right. I can go on vacation, get some work done in the morning, then for half the day go to a cafe. Not so much right now, but you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Um. That's that's work life integration, right? And then another thing, what I like to do is, and I and I haven't been doing such a good job at this, so I, this is kind of a nice reminder for me, is scheduling play before scheduling work. When you schedule play before work, you will automatically work around your play, right? And it will force you to put it away and go do this thing. You go buy your plane tickets you know, before the year even starts, you're going, yeah. that's it. <laughs> Go have fun. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a very powerful strategy. So every quarter I like to schedule a vacation. Usually it's after my launch of the creator's blueprint, I launch it. Then I go and I have some fun for a week, two weeks, whatever, come back, work with my members and that's kind of what I like to do. That's work-life integration, in, in my opinion. So, I don't know if that answered your question, but no, it's definitely helpful. I think uh, my thoughts. Yeah, no. I leveled up again. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's definitely helpful for sure. <laughs> for sure. Cool. Well, I have some. Cool. I have some closing ones, but I don't want to skip over anything. If any of you guys have different ones before I, I got my my fun questions. All right. You want to date? Brandon always has really random off the wall questions that have nothing to do with like creating. These are the questions that people want to know. (laughs) Are are you down to answer some of those? (laughs) Absolutely. Let me get you out the norm of the podcast real quick. Loosen you up. Yeah. So nothing crazy. Just, you know, keep it short, sweet, whatever comes to mind. All right. Here we go. Favorite flavor of Pop-Tart? Strawberry without the, the... the frosting, just Ooh, classic strawberry. That's, My man. That's different. I'm a blueberry guy without the frosting, but I love to hear a different answer than we're <laughs> used a, to that's getting. But one. that's, that's similar. Most people, they like, I tell them that and they like look they at me like an weird. idiot. Or <laughs> yeah. I'm I like, mean, I that's c- what I grew up on, man. <laughs> like, come on. He's an OG. I like it. All right. Um, what helps inspire your creativity, you know, no matter what it is? Music, movies, television shows, and nature. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. First CD or album that you purchased? Oh, shit. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
like now now eight (laughs) he wanted a little bit of everything (laughs) that's og man that's bringing me back to the 90s (laughs) that's crazy yeah that is what i think i had like seven or eight i think it was one of those like jaw rules on it or something i was was in somebody's car the other day and i saw a now three and i was like that thing has to be worth some money (laughs) oh right (laughs) i remember when i got my first cd player i was stoked yeah stoked Dude, yeah. that brings back memories. The Now series. They got to be up to 90. Oh, easy. All right, I got one more yeah. for you. What was sure. the most memorable or important piece of content that you created outside of the Creator's Blueprint? Um, Why Creators Stop Creating. It's a YouTube video, pretty recent. Um, I think I made it sometime last year, and it was just me talking about how I put my identity into YouTube and it crippled me. It's the reason why I haven't posted as much as I wanted to on that platform um, and how you can't put your identity into the certain types of content that you create and the engagement that you receive and the comments and things like that. So that, that sounds very That important. still hits home for me. Yeah. No, cool. definitely. Dude, that's good. Good stuff. All right, Zach, I only got, I got like two or three more for you. Um, and then we'll kind of close it out, but these are more open-ended. Feel free to take your time. Um, what's one thing in your life that you're working on improving right now? And it doesn't have to be business or, uh, like filmmaking related. I'm working on my money mindset. I still have money mindset issues where, you know, like I'm doing a lot more investing these days, getting into certain the stock market more, Bitcoin, all that good stuff. And, you know, even even though my net worth is more, but because, for example, I might not have as much cash in my bank account because I've thrown certain things into investments, I think I'm suddenly poor, which doesn't <laughs> make any fucking sense. So I'm working through those types of thoughts and emotions. Oh, that's dope. I remember uh, Will Smith talking about that in a interview, how he still like freaks out and people are looking at him like, what are you worried about money for? And he's like, it's a, it's all here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a great example. Yeah. It's so fucking stupid, but <laughs> I can, but I think that's when, a good when it's way your to own life. It. You don't see any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. It keeps you hungry. True. Yeah, it does. But you gotta you gotta still live in a, in in this world of abundance because if you don't and mm-hmm. you're tight with everything, it's like breathing. You know, you'll end up, you know, suffocating. What if you don't breathe anymore? What if you don't take in air? Yeah, you're dead. You know, same thing with your business. You gotta let let money flow in right. out in out in out. Yeah. Um. One, so my next question, and if you've already touched on it in the interview, we can move on to the last one. But it's, um, what's one of the biggest failures in your life that sticks out? And like, what did you learn from it? Because I think people's mindset around failure is very negative. But I think failure mm. can be a good thing. I think it's just teaching you maybe what didn't work. Um, yeah. But people, when they get afraid of failing, they just get stuck in the same place. So um, I yeah. don't know if you had an experience like that. Well, I think you just answered that, you know, there's no such thing as failure. It's just a learning lesson. The only failure is when you toss in the towel, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we talked about when you truly just quit, not pivot. There's a difference between quitting and pivoting. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I had to really learn, like mm-hmm. dropping this backpack company. I didn't drop it for good. I pivoted right. into something that I knew was what I needed to do. You know, I could call that a failure, but I didn't even get it started really. So 
there, there's really no such thing as as failure as long as you don't quit right so that's my answer for that that's there you one. go and then before the last thing is and you can definitely take your time but i wanted to know if you have any questions for us if you have one question for us that you'd want to ask Ooh. well i'll ask the question that i like to ask on my podcast okay and that is what is your perfect day from sunrise to sunset or from when you wake up to when you go to bed and are you living that right now so he just hit I can <laughs> suck on uh, no. <laughs> you go ahead Sean. all right i'll tell mine and then i'll end with my answer if i'm living it or not i think like my perfect morning i wake up somewhat early so that i can do some type of workout read a little bit write a little bit and do some breathing if i start my day off like that my mind's just a lot more clear so I like to start like that if I wake up early enough. So if this is my perfect day, I'm doing that. <laughs> um, and then I like, I think probably just creating something with them, like a project that we're really excited about or a podcast, someone that we're really excited to connect with. I love just building relationships and making things. So I, I probably have something scheduled that I'm really excited to work on and I'm, we're going to go out and do it. Um, and then after that, definitely going to get some good food not Popeyes because Travis doesn't like Popeyes he's a hater so we're gonna go somewhere nice and get some food and some drinks and uh yeah and then probably that'll that'll wrap it up but uh and I think that I'm living that on my days off from my nine to five <laughs> not every day but the there goal, we go the goal is to live it every good. day yeah so travel well, that sounds amazing uh mine would probably be just traveling all day and creating content traveling like I hate staying yeah. in, the, in the same town all day long. It'd be nice to get out and, you know, explore the world. But not living it yet, but very soon. There you go. Nice. All right. Well, well personally, yeah, I mean, traveling is a little tough right now. Right, right, yeah. right. Personally, I would wake up and I'd like to get, you know, my morning workout in. And then I'd like to head here to the studio and create whatever it is. And then now after this whole podcast and I've leveled up a couple times, I realized that I am the one holding myself back from this on all the, you know, because, you know, we all have day jobs and we come to the studio after and it's, you know, we're all trying to build this studio up in this podcast and, and turn this into our, our main source of income and, you know, basically get out of the yeah. nine to five. And now I'm like, man, I just got to do it. We got. We just got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we got to yeah. get hit rock bottom. Oh God! Now you got. I mean, not rock bottom. Uh, you know what I mean? Guys. Like, yeah, he just put. He just put the the plan in in, in front of us. Oh Lord, that's so funny. You're, now you're all questioning your lives and every decision that you just made. <laughs> Don't do that. I mean, no, it's it's nothing that we haven't already. We all know this. Yeah. You know, we 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 kind of all have a plan. Um. And uh, short-term goals, I'd say, to get away from the nine-to-five and then, you know, turn this into our nine-to-five. So, yeah. It's been a yeah. It's been a we're on ma the journey master plan for a minute. So yeah, we're, I mean, we're working on. You know, it. I, I like answering that question, or I like asking that question, and, and also answering it myself too, um, because you, you kind of realize, like, oh, like I could be living that like right now. I don't have. It, it doesn't have to be. Like, oh, once I make this much money, then I'll have this. It's not like an if then. Mm -hmm. For example, 
um, you know, I could go to Equinox and it's like super like high vibe and like the, like the gym equipment's like pristine or whatever. And it feels so good. Maybe I can't quite afford that right now, or maybe it's just not a smart purchase right now, but there's an LA fitness in Playa Vista that kind of creates the same kind of feeling and environment. And there's lots of bright light and stuff like that. So my point is you can make some different decisions right now that still gives you that dream day or whatever it is. Right. And it doesn't have to be Equinox. It could still be something else, mm -hmm. but you still make it work and give you that, that joy in life. That you know? satisfaction. Very yeah. true. Cool. And Zach, you just uh, you dropped a lot of knowledge. You, you remember at the beginning when we said that you're going to do that? You definitely delivered. You killed you. it. Okay. <laughs> Did I get an A plus? Because I didn't get an A plus in school at all. Uh, hey, you so get one from us. A plus now. 4.0. <laughs> definitely. 4.0 GPA. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Dude, we're not kicking oh, you out. We're not kicking you out. <laughs> oh, oh yes. Beautiful. Well, before we log off, Zach, if people uh, if people want to connect with you online, um, just because they're compelled by your story here, um, where could they go to find you? Yeah, well, you gave me a massive plug on the Careers Blueprint, so thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless of that, um, just send me a DM. Any uh, people listening right now, just yo, shoot me DM. I, I answer to all of them. I, I don't have some crazy audience, massive audience where I don't answer DMs. I answer all of them. Um, and that's at Zach Kravitz, Z-A-C-K-K-R-A-V-I-T-S. Uh, and then I have a podcast myself, Ramblin' Radio. Um, and that's on iTunes, Spotify. And then we just popped up on YouTube too. So if you like the visual version, we got that cooking up now. So awesome. just come say hello. And yeah, yeah. about it. Cool. Guys, definitely make sure you go check out uh, Zach's other content. You will not be disappointed. And Zach, thank you so much. This is another episode of the Iron Skillet Podcast. We'll see you next week. Peace. Let's go. Iron Skillet, baby. Let's go. <laughs>